Welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and you guys are listening to the Fight Podcast episode 172, man. Man, happy 2020 and welcome. Welcome back. I've missed you guys. I really have, man. I miss sitting in front of the mic, man, and and getting this, you know, all this amazing combat sports and culture info directly to you guys, man. So um, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back recording. We've had a good New Year's, man, so far. I was in L.A., Taking a couple meetings, taking care of some stuff, man, making sure we're bringing you guys the absolute best content in the entire world. Um, Before you know it, you guys will be able to see what I have been working on. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, But you know what? Before I get into the show and let you guys know about what's on today's menu... We got to show love to the sponsor, the plug, uh, the ones who have supported us from the very beginning, Sage Eats. Check out SageEatChicago.com, SageEatChicago, to get your one-stop shop for everything that you need to get ready to get to that summer body right here in 2020. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. They cook and deliver healthy meals directly to your home or office. If you are here in Chicago, if you're not, that's cool. They actually do nutrition consultations and they do fitness assessments and right workouts for you. So check out Sage Eats today on their website, sageeatchicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months and get yourself ready for the summer. Also, everybody knows about the greatest combat sports and culture show on the planet in the entire universe, so make sure you let them know if they don't. Check out say or <laughs> check out the Fight Podcast everywhere podcasting is available, man, at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, man, all everywhere on social media platforms as well. The Fight Podcast, man, and follow me, the Underground King, at Serge Vicente. All right, man, let's go ahead and jump into the episode on today's menu. What better way to start off the year than bringing in my boy, my friend, our boxing guru, Brandon Camille. Brandon Camille is coming on today's episode, and he and I are going to discuss all of the last pretty much fire events of the last month of December. We're also going to give our awards for all of our boxing awards for 2019. So that's a lot of fun. We'll break all those type of things down. We'll talk about who we believe is pound for pound number one. What's going to happen with Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford? Will they actually fight? And so much more, man. So check it out. Let's just go ahead and jump on into episode 172, my conversation with the guru, B-Cam Brandon Camille. Brandon Camille, man, welcome back once again to the Fight Podcast, bro. The guru, what it do, man? How's your Serge, new year? my brother, happy to be back. Um, can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You hear me all right? 
Yeah, man. I'm I'm happy to be back. Happy New Year to you as well. All all is uh everything is good. No complaints. Good man. Good yo. How how's that uh that weather treating you over there on the East Coast, man? The holidays treat you good, man. Santa and all that good shit. I mean, it's uh, holidays, cool weather. With that, but no, hey, I live in Boston. I can't really complain too much. That's just what it is. <laughs> I, know, I know you've been spending a lot. Of, w- w- did you get to LA at all during a break? Oh man, you know I was out there in LA, man. You know we, uh, you know, go to having a good time with some great people. Obviously, my my girlfriend lives out there, so uh, I spent the New Year's with her out there once again, uh, second year in a row spending it out there. But man, can't lie, man, waking up on on New Year's and it was like seventy degrees, man. It wasn't a bad look. I'm not gonna stunt. Yeah, I don't even know what that's like. Bro, it's not bad, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I really enjoyed it, and I think I could get used to something like that. You know what? I was in Atlanta for New Year's, so it was, like, decent on New Year's. It wasn't, like, break. Uh, so you I know can what? Do. Yeah, I can Atlanta's do. cool, man, but, yo, those, those summers, man, I grew up spending my summers in Atlanta. It's every bit of 1,000 degrees outside. I mean, you got to think. I was living in Tallahassee and Jacksonville. Those are further south, you feel and they're all they're both landlocked. Well, Tallahassee landlocked. Jacksonville's not landlocked, but I mean, yeah, it can get bad. Look, man, look at look at two light skinned brothers talking about how we grew up in the heat. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. Not if you see me today. <laughs> well, look, people man. see me, they're like, Brandon, you ain't stepped. This, you you just ain't been outside." We're like, bro, it's just, it's just hard. Fam, I get it. I'm all watching the time. boxing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody always that my girl's always like, man, you need some sun. Hey, well, damn. I live I, I live in the damn, you know, in Chicago. What can I say? We get sun she twice a year. She has some nerves some living nerve. in L- L.A. talking about, why aren't you outside? Hey, right. Bro, it's negative 16 degrees. Because <laughs> like you said, it's brick outside. I am not going out there. I am not playing, man. But look, speaking of not playing, 2019 is over. Most people, including myself, say thank good riddance, peace out, be gone. What what you focused on for 2020? I don't do like resolutions, but like I feel like it's like things you can improve on, things you can focus on. I feel like resolution resolutions like, bro, just go to the gym. You ain't got to wait. <laughs> um, I am focused on making this the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe and making sure everybody knows it. Uh, it's a, the first thing we already done now. We just got to make sure everybody knows it in 2020. It is what it is, man. That's what we're here for. So, yeah, right. man, that, that, that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to, man. Just building, man, growing on the year. Um, it has officially been two full years since I have been doing the Fight Podcast. So um, it, it, it's exciting, man. It, it's, it's great. There, we have some things in the works right now that uh, I cannot wait to share. Um, I'll talk about that on another episode, obviously, of the Fight Podcast. Uh, so make sure you check us out. Uh, but while talking about that, man, yo, 2019 was nuts. There, there was there was some moments, man. 2019 was crazy. Um, and... I think probably the biggest moment of the year that we'll all remember is what was I'll ask you first. What do you think? Just moment in general. Like, what's the biggest ah, moment man. Well, in look, combat this, sports? This is what we're going to have to do oh, in combat sports, in combat sports, period. What was your Ooh. biggest moment of 2019? Oh, man. 
biggest moment in combat sports. So if we're thinking of combat sports, I think the top, let's say the top five moments, right? Top five moments are going to be AJ Ruiz 1, are going to be Canelo Kovalev. It's in no particular order. No particular order. It's going to be Jorge Masvidal, Nate, Nick, uh, Nate, uh, Nate Diaz. It's going to be Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren. What? Uh, oh, oh, whoa! Uh, scratch that. Take off Jorge Masvidal and um, and uh, and Ben Askren. Put the moment you have to put Israel Adesanya also one of the uh, the fight. Oh, not best fight, just best moment. Oof. I mean, I, I set you up. It's a lot to do on a fly. Oh man, <laughs> dog. There was so and, and here's the thing. I so there was this thing going around on ESPN. They said if you watched all the fights, you've watched something like 960 hours of fight, or something like 94 hours of fights, or something like that. And I'm like, well, that means I've watched just about that time. Like, I've watched a gang of fights this year. Oh, my YouTube stats are atrocious. Man. I, I, would, I don't. Even- Show them. Man. Not <laughs> and that's a, not even considering like the zone ESPN plus. Oof, I'm telling you. So, I mean, okay, so you know what? I I think I'll go on a limb. Um, uh, best the biggest moment, the best moment, um, especially at the time. Unfortunately it didn't age well, but it had you have to go with uh AJ Ruiz one. Okay. Uh I'm I'm here for that. I, and I would probably agree there there was no one bigger moment in the sport this year in my opinion but yeah i mean i know we got stuff to get into yeah yeah i mean we look jorge masvidal landed in the knee on that was big that 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 was i mean that was the knee hurt around the world he went from being a dude who only diehards like myself know to yo he's a superstar you know what i'm saying that's yeah. crazy. And this is a dude who's been been in the game for 17 years pro. Fam. Nuts. That knee was everything. Oh, I, everything. I, I believe I saw it live and was just like... I, I dude, yes. It, it was bananas, bro. Never seen anything like it. I was I was at my younger brother's uh bachelor party in uh New Orleans and I was I watched it live on my phone in the middle of a bar on Bourbon Street. I was in the same thing streaming live from my phone. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Fight fans. That's how we do it, man. Uh, but look, man, great moments all year, man. Um, in terms of fights, especially in terms of boxing, I have to say this is one of the best calendar years that I can remember. Um, we talked about it, especially the last quarter of the year, Q4. Pff, yo, classic fights. Yeah, definitely. I know. I mean, I think we had. I think this year, and I think it'll hopefully be a trend going into next year. When you start to speak about things like fight of the year, and you listen to what people said as their consensus, most cases are unification fights, and we had a lot of good unification fights so this year. So many, so many. So you think about probably Taylor one Pro of Gray. You have Spence Porter. Spence Porter. You Hooker Ramirez. Yep. Then you had a. You, you had a. Uh, Ole, uh, what was it? Bozdick and Better Bf. Better Bf and yep, Bozdick. I mean, yeah. those are ch- those are champion versus champion champion fights, and both men, both guys' stock in all those fights went up. Absolutely, and, and those are the type of fights that carry the sport. They bring a lot of respect to the sport. And I mean, you see a 
things like that a lot more as we've spoken about in MMA. But if we can continue to do things like this in boxing, we constantly speak about, and we'll even get to it at some point today, fights that don't happen or fights that need to happen. But when they do happen, I think sometimes we don't give it enough credit. And in 2019, a lot of those fights, uh, a lot of those fights happened. And I can tell you, Brandon B. Cam, the guru, is thankful. Man, yo, I, I'm telling you, I, I am so thankful that those fights happened this year, but we need uh, more of them, and that is I, where I think MMA has gotten the upper hand on boxing. It's because they make those fights happen. And if we continue seeing them, like, I don't want to wait for two guys that we're going to talk about later on the show. I don't want to wait five years to see Spence Crawford. I don't want to wait five years to see... Teofimo Lopez and Lomachenko. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see these fights now. Let's not let them expire. And this year, it seems like that hopefully is the trend in boxing. But I think there's a couple people in the old guard that are really trying to hold on, man. And, and again, those are guys we definitely will talk about in a little bit. Agreed. So we're looking back at 2019. 2019, man. So this is what I want to do. We're going to go through the list, and we're going to bring up pretty much all the topics, right? Um, We're going to go through them relatively quickly, but let's go ahead, Brandon, man. First and foremost, who is... Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with a fighter. What is your fight of the year? Um, should not be a surprise here. And this was not one that was widely chosen or even nominated across the board. However, I was, I very strongly thought that Hooker Ramirez uh, unifying in the 140-pound division was my fight of the year. And it was only six rounds, but it was action-packed from start to finish. Also a very defining finish. But even at six rounds, I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch. It's not looking like it's going to happen as Hooker has moved up to the welterweight division. But a, a fight that I loved. I loved it. And, and, and looking, I've watched that fight a few times and it's just every single time it gets me. So there were a lot of great fights this year, but Hooker Ramirez uh, is what I'm going with. Oof, that, that, that is a good one, man. I, I ah, that was a good, I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with uh, Spence Porter. Fight of the year, Spence Porter. Uh, I, the, the reason I'm going with Spence Porter in fight of the year because I was, I, I'm, I'm torn. I, I actually had the same one you did, but I didn't want to agree with you for everything. So I'm trying to figure something else out on the fly. <laughs> you, you had, you had a lot of, but, lot of uh, but you know what? The one I really did love that I think was an amazing fight is that that anyway, uh, fight was an amazing fight uh, this year. Um, I think it's one of those that. A lot of people didn't see because it was a crazy time in the middle of the night. But I'm be honest with you, amazing fight. In fact, I'm gonna rock with that. Anyways, fight. I'm gonna go with that being the fight of the year. So, check out what I found out about that fight um, that I did not know. Um, as we know, in a way, broke broke his orbital bone and I believe his nose in that yes. fight. Right. Yes. Yes. So his he broke his orbital bone in the second round. Yep. And so. When you break your orbital bone, one of the things that happens to you is that you see double. Mm -hmm. And so did you hear anything about this? No, I didn't. So when he broke his orbital bone in the second round, he used his he used his glove to cover his other eye so that he could see straight. Not only not only that, it gets crazier. He learned that trick from watching Nonito Denaire, I believe it was back in 2013. Wow. 
just wow. like a just like a straight student of the sport. Dog, and he use it against the man. Holy shit. Man, um, I think that was a great fight for a number of reasons. I mean, obviously the competition was there, but man, I think a lot of people thought Nonito Donaire was washed. And he proved that he's still a, a live dog, man. That dude is that dude is a monster. Oh yeah, he had, he had a solid little year. I mean, he quite a, had a great knockout a little bit early in the year with that left hook. He's always had that though. That he's always had that pop. And there he was one of the few little guys, especially at the time, that can crack like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, okay. Yeah, that's a real good pick. So moving on. Um we're gonna go ahead. We already did fight of the year. What is your round of the year? I mean, I thought this go, was a pretty you, easy can you, pick. Can you can you go anywhere else? Round three, round three, jo- round Ruiz three. Joshua. It, that that has to be the round of the year. Um, no other no other fight had that type of drama um, in the rounds like that. I mean, you've had some late knock knockdowns. Shoot the bottle jack. Um, Pascal fight this week had some moments, like, but I mean, nothing goes to the heavyweights like that. Come on, you got to give it to him. Could that be? Yeah, this is a super hot take. Could be a reach, but could that be the round of the decade? Oh, I think that's a reach. There's been some. I have to. I'd have to really go back and look, especially in the the decade though. Oof. Nah, no, nah, you can't go that way because yo, that Tim Bradley uh, fight when Tim Bradley fought Povetkin. Um, some of those rounds, uh, not Povetkin. Uh, Provodnikov. Provodnikov. When he fought him, you some of those rounds were nuts. Yeah, but you talk about the magnitude of the event combined with the round three knockdowns. Both guys go down. I mean, when both guys go down, automatically, like you talk about, your round of the year stock is real high. Yeah, real <laughs> high, super high. Uh, so, uh, some, that that was a good one though. No, no, you got to go there. Um, another round that oof, of the year. Ah, nah, nothing else, man. It's round three. We're both in agreement, man. So let's go ahead and move right along. Um, let's go ahead. Fighter of the year for you. 2019, who is your fighter of the year? The Gurus 2019 fighter of the year is none other than the Canelo Alvarez. He beat two very, very high-level opponents in Danny Jacobs and uh, Sergey Kovalev. And when you take into account the level of competition and the magnitude of the events, I don't think any fighter can come close to Canelo. I'm I'm not going to say they can't come close, but I think it is a clear-cut decision for Canelo as fighter of the year. And, um, yeah, I I have a few few questions about your thoughts of fighter of the decade, but fighter of the year first. What's you? All right. Oof. This one was tough because I I, I I can sit back and nah I can't die dude he didn't fight enough this year now damn it yeah it's Canelo yeah I was about to say come on home it's bro. Canelo it's Canelo I'm on home it's Canelo <laughs> man I'm um I, I was trying to see who else might have had maybe a couple more wins anybody had a bigger win if if Andy Ruiz beat 
uh, Joshua. Um, I can say I would absolutely easy. say Andy. It'll, it'll easy. be easy, Ruiz. Um, Deontay Wilder, you can put him in the mix um, because he had the performances. And you, you, we can say more than anything else, Deontay Wilder made the most noise in boxing this year. You can say anyway. He he got a case for fighter of the year. Anyway, it's a lot of does. a, a lot of a guy, these guys. I mean, it, it, Josh Taylor. I mean, you can throw him out there. I mean, he's he's in the mix. He was actually gonna be my pick, but I don't think he didn't fight enough. And I, it's, it's it's not the same. You know, small guys you can't put them in there like that. I mean, it the it. I'm not saying the level of competition is different, but Canelo. I mean, come on, you got to give it to Canelo. Uh, I'm with you now. I mean, I, I do got to ask your fighter of the decade. This was a hot topic on Twitter, and it's it's such a it, it's such an interesting conversation to have. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts Damn. on it. Fighter of the decade. So here's what here's what I've been seeing. It, you know, a lot of people will speak about Floyd, obviously. Then you have yeah. Pacquiao. Then yeah. You have Canelo, yep. and some people will even throw in Dre, who I think is honestly an underrated pick for fighter he's, fighter of the decade. He's a quiet pick, and you can, I mean, think about this. We're, if we look at Dre, and you can make Dre a legit pick, actually, we can legitimately say he went through the fire the most. All his notable wins were this decade. Exactly. All of his wins. And you talk about a guy who was fighting up in weight, essentially, against bigger guys and beating them. I mean, Bro, that, that's that Super Six tournament was not a bitch. Was, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, everyone he beat in the Super Six tournament, Kovalev twice, the way he did it. Oof, man, being undefeated. Okay, so let me think. Let me think. Look, Pacquiao. Not all of his wins were in this decade. He also had a big, a couple big drop-offs that decade. That's why, especially towards the end, the last five years, first five years, yeah, maybe you can put him last five years, and I can't put Pacquiao in that mix. Errol Spence hasn't done enough. Terrence Crawford, still, in my opinion, hasn't done enough. Yeah, we talk about them in 2030. You're right, right, <laughs> exactly. Um, man... Miguel Cotto, again, back at first half of the day, you know what I'm saying? The back half, not the same. Floyd Mayweather hasn't been fought enough. No, man, got to go with Dre. I am I'm, I'm on with Floyd. I know his legitimate active career ended yeah. in 2015, we'll yeah. say. But what for, for one, one of the things that most people have said, you can't ignore the fact that Floyd knocked off two of the other fight of the year candidates, a fight of the fighter of the decade candidates in this decade. That enough in addition Canelo, well, Canelo, Canelo and Pacquiao and Cotto. Yeah, he smoked. Cotto wasn't up there as much, but I mean, he smoked all three of them this decade. Yeah. I think Cotto might have been on nine. I'm not sure. But either way, I think he, he, he got, was on nine. Yeah, you're right. He. He got all of those guys. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Dre, yes. But I mean, when you take into account. Man, OK, but Floyd, here's the thing. Some, but if we look at Floyd, though, I, I'm not going to say that even though Pacquiao is still fighting well, you know what I'm saying? I could definitely say he's fighting well, but I, but I can't sit back. and Nah, I can't. I, I just don't think he fought the best of the best. And I think that if we're talking about who's fighting so, the talking best about of the best. Yeah. I don't think Floyd fought, and, and I think, like I said, who did he avoid? Oh, I didn't say no. I'm not saying he avoided anybody. 
But you say he didn't but fight the best of the best. He did. He didn't. I mean, the Maidana fight. Maidana wasn't the best of the best. That that's a paycheck. People wanted to see it, but it, again, it was a paycheck. The McGregor fight, obviously, I'm not going to sit there even throw in. I, I should. I barely count that for that win, um, even though McGregor did win a couple rounds. Um, I'm trying to think who was. He fought a. Just going through the list. Um, he fought a young Canelo before Canelo was Canelo. We got, we got, we got to stop that though. Like I don't, I, I hate but that logic. It's true though. But it, but it's true. He fought a guy who was he got he, he cherry picked. He got him before he was him, and that's what that, I had a conversation with a guy earlier today. The people you who love Floyd Mayweather and who hate Floyd Mayweather, the people who love Floyd Mayweather. Loved Pretty Boy Floyd. The people who hate Floyd Mayweather know who Floyd Mayweather started paying attention. It was Money Mayweather. So it's a difference in who, who when you love him, when you hate him. Pretty Boy Floyd was a savage. Pretty Boy Floyd was one of the greatest fighters I've ever seen in my life. I'm talking about offensively, defensively, power in both hands. He went out there and beat people up. And then he started breaking his hands, and he became Money Mayweather. And he became the greatest defensive fighter that we've ever seen. And I think that, again, his skill set and everything, I'm saying it, but I'm talking about activity level. I'm talking about level of competition. I'm talking about fighting all, everybody you fought, everybody from Carl Frotch to all these dudes. He fought these dudes in their prime. Man, I, I got to go with Dre. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm gonna disagree with you here, and I, I, I don't necessarily, uh, I understand. It's not a bad I'm, I'm, pick. I'm, That's I'm, what I'm saying. I understand your pick. I'm just well, making I'm, a I'm case so, for mine. I, yeah, and 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 like I said, I bought Dre up, and I didn't don't didn't think Dre got enough love overall for a fighter of the decade. I'm I think he should have been more more a part of those conversations. And I'm happy you gave it to him. However, to your comments about May, Mayweather. I, I don't like the narrative about him, you know, getting an old fighter or a young fighter, because if that's going to be the case, you can say something about like all of his fights. Like, no, but, I mean, how- but that's the, here's the thing, though. It's about when you fight people, are you fighting them in their prime? And we look at certain we've always I've always looked at fighters that way. And I, and I do criticize fighters that at the end of the day are waiting to waiting for fighters to age out. Well, let's wait till let's, we'll fight them in a couple years or they're trying to get them. Oh, like, for instance, John Jones, he wants to fight uh, Israel Adesanya now before Israel Adesanya is ready. Like, no, the, like the, it's not time for them yet. Why am I going to rush my prospect just to just so I can get let the, the let you have an opportunity to just put, check him off the list. He's not ready yet. Mayweather was fighting Canelo at like what, 152? Canelo was 21 years old. 152? Is that is that what the wait what the fight took place at? I have it in front of me. Um yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what weight the fight took place at. I believe it was a catch weight of 152, but that's huge for Mayweather. Canelo a- was 21 years old. He's nowhere near his prime, and especially he's fighting a grown man who's arguably the greatest boxer of all time. Fighting now, I'm talking about in their prime. Does Fight prime him Canelo. in their prime. Canelo's in his prime today. That's Does why prime- he's the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Just prime Canelo. At 147, like if he could still make 147, he, he, beat him. He can't, yeah. he can't make 147. I mean, 
Uh, Skill-wise. I think skill-wise, I think think Floyd Mayweather was half his hands full. I think Floyd still works him. I think think he has his hands full. I really do. I don't know if he wins or not. I have to think about it. But with Canelo's skill set as it is now, how great he is defensively, he learned so much from that fight with, with Mayweather. He learned so. He, he realized he don't like fighting against black guys. I realized too, because he avoids them at all costs. I mean, ask Danny Jacobs. athletic black guys. He, you know, you know, Danny Jacobs looked like he wears cement boots. Like he don't. He in his fleet of foot. I'm talking. He, about he does not yeah, want to fight athletic black dudes. No, he doesn't. Um, but all right, I'm Floyd. You're Dre. Yep. All right. Um, so well, let's, a lot let's, of keep, let's keep it about this year. Um, this year. Again, we already said our fighter of the year. Um, who was your prospect of the year? Hey, look, man. We can go back and check the record. This is probably one of my first first three shows I did with you. Yep. I came on. I said, bro, this guy, man, Virgil Ortiz, he is good. He is man. good. And I, I was like, oh, it's a prospect alert. And, you know, looking back, Virgil Ortiz has been pretty much the consensus uh, prospect of the year. So I'm going with Virgil Ortiz uh, and just giving Jerron Ennis an honorable mention, uh, especially since he is fighting this weekend. Solid fighter out of Philly. Guess what? Both in boxing's glamour division that isn't the heavyweight divisions, the welterweight division. It's just like they always just re-up with solid they talent. Do. Both of the prospects of, of the year, for in, in most cases, yeah. are are right there fighting at 147. So right after these guys that we're talking about now age out, I mean, it, or boxing move out is of the weight class. Oh, boxing box is heavy. Healthy. I mean, box boxing is killing it right now. And, and you're right. Uh, this year's prospect of the year is 1,000% Virgil Ortiz. He is a problem. He has he he's he's finishing capabilities. That dude is an absolute monster, man. That is the definition of a blue chip prospect right there. That dude is a beast. Yeah, but he throws everything with it with power. But he has great with footwork. Terrible intentions. Um, yeah. So I mean, honestly, I think by the time he gets even close to his prime, we'll see. Because I mean, he's probably going to want a world title shot at some point this year. But I don't probably. see him getting any of those fights. I think by the time he gets to his prime, he'll be at one fifty four. I don't know Facts. if he's going to. He just moved up, so he yeah. definitely has a few fights there. But he's a growing boy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, he's a young dude, man. Um, all right, well, check this out. I want to get through this next one. Quick quickly um but then i want to get to in my opinion always the most entertaining one in uh in all of boxing uh, but yo who is the dunce of the year who who can't get right who was the fuck up of the year who do you feel was the person that really shit the bed this year and look i'm gonna tell you mine off the bat it has to be the person who honestly could have been the fighter of the year if he took his sitch seriously Andy, you're fat as hell, Ruiz Jr. What the fuck? Andy Ruiz had an opportunity to be the guy. He had an opportunity to be literally the face of boxing, and he decided to literally eat it away. I don't understand how you do that when the world is literally right in the palm of your hands. He fucked himself. He is the the nerd of the year. Yeah, it's not really much to disagree with. Um, we could be talking about Adrian Bronner had he fought again this year, but he only fought once. Um, he's probably won before. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with you, Andy Ruiz, for the dunce, donkey, whatever you want to call it. Dumbass. loser of the year. Loser. 
Um, all right. Well, here's the one that we've all come to. We can't wait to talk about. There was much debate. 2019's knockout of the year. Who you got? Is it Deontay Wilder or is it Deontay Wilder? Yeah, I mean, is there anywhere else to go here? Well, you know what? Uh, we can put Devin Haney had a real nasty KO. Devin Haney did Devin have a beautiful Haney's and- KO was one of the best knockouts of the year. And someone gave him knockout of the year. I thought that was a reach. A oh, reach. man, I thought that was a reach. Someone cut a check. It, it is a reach. That's a reach. But beautiful I, knockout. You got to put it, it. It was one of the more pretty knockouts you'll ever see. Absolutely. It was gorgeous. Yeah, it, it was now, like that is what the that was one of the most precise, technical, beautiful looking like that was that was a picture perfect knockout. But I mean, if you I honestly I wouldn't have gave him knockout of the year over Canelo. Shit, I would over Teofimo. Tiafimo, I wouldn't give it to Tiafimo as much just because it wasn't a one-punch knockout. Right, right. He didn't want to hit a quitter. Well, look, there's two options. It's either Deontay Wilder knocking out Luis Ortiz or to Deontay Wilder knocking out Dominic Brazil. Look, I've heard it going back and forth. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, you can make a legitimate case that Deontay Wilder was 2019's Fighter of the Year also. You can make yeah, a legitimate were- case. Yes, and I mean, you know, we're a, we're a Deontay Wilder podcast. He's our guy. Facts. Um, <laughs> we really are. <laughs> let's just call it what it is. He is our guy. Yo, so, the same way, the same way, Ak and Barack be like all on Anthony Joshua's nuts. Now I know what they sound like. This is what it must feel like if you're listening to us. <laughs> Yeah, but it's way more exciting to ride Deontay, Deontay yes! Wilder. Pause, but it is. Man. And <laughs> Man. To, an- to, an- to answer your question, is it Deontay Wilder or Deontay Wilder? I'm going with the first Deontay Wilder in May at the Barclays Center doing nasty things oh, to Dominic man, Brazil man. down there, uh, up there, down there in Brooklyn. Um, it was beautiful. It was loud from what you, what we heard and the accounts of uh, the people that were there. I hear everybody speaking about Ortiz, and Ortiz is a much better fighter, so it means a little bit more. But boy, he he, it almost felt like he ran across the ring. That was beautiful. I, Bruh. I was so hyped. Bruh. Yo, he hit him so hard. And 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 I understand your pick because when you look at it, the the beef going into it, them them literally talking about almost fighting in the back and all kinds of other shit, man. Like, yo, it is very, very difficult not to give it to that one. I understand your choice. But I'm going with Luis Ortiz because of the reason that you said it. This fight was a bad idea. He shouldn't have taken the fight against Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz is the boogeyman of the division. And here's the thing. We look at the other top guys in the division. That's Tyson Fury. That's Anthony Joshua. They haven't fought him once. But Deontay Wilder decided to fight the guy who he had the hardest fight in his entire career against. He decided to fight him again. And he went out there with Luis Ortiz, who took his nutrition and strength conditioning seriously. 
and he actually had something like a four pack. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean he, he was little, little old man abs. Old man, old man shredded. He was thick. Yeah, I mean Ortiz was looking good. He was. He, he, he little, beats he had, a lot of he top heavyweights. He had a little night. curl and everything going, fam. He was in shape. He was ready. He was ready for red panty night. He knew it. It was one of those days. He got starched in the fan. I get hit in the forehead. He got hit so hard that I saw all the mojito that he's ever had leave his body. I've never seen a Cuban get hit that hard in my life. I've never seen anybody. He hit him square in the top of the forehead. Most guys don't get knocked out getting hit there. Most guys take it on the, like, literally, they'll take it there and keep going forward. He hit that old man so hard. And, the again, being the fact that Luis Ortiz is the boogeyman of the division, I have to go with that in, in literally in dramatic fashion. I mean, was it Deontay or was it Deontay? I think we're both right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no losers here. There's no losers here, man. But look, um, I think we agree, man. 2019 has been one of the greatest years in boxing in recent memory. Yes, that absolutely. All right, man. Absolutely. Well, look, the year finished off with a couple fights, and we didn't have an opportunity to touch on them, so we really want to jump in and touch on them. So I want to go ahead and let's jump into the one that was the most recent, the one that I feel like maybe pop culture-wise might have gotten the most buzz, but that is Javante Tank Davis versus Old Man Gamboa. Before I get into it, because I have feelings about this. I do. I feel a certain way. And I feel a certain way because of a number of things. One, how is it possible? How is it even probable when your job is to be a professional fighter? That's all you do. He doesn't have a job doing construction he's not somebody's accountant he's not a road manager I don't know what he does aside from box and have beef with his baby mama on social media so how is it probable and possible for somebody who is supposed to be this talented who's supposed to be the next guy up how do you keep missing weight and then go out there and literally put an ass performance against a guy who a lot of guys have knocked out. I don't understand it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very close to jumping off the tank bandwagon. Are you very close or are you just gone? Oof, bro, it is like, I don't know if I'm, like, walking off. Like, they, they stopped, you know, to get new passengers, and I'm, like, getting off at this stop. I don't know where I'm at right now. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. You can't move up, then miss weight. Then we expect you to get a knockout. You landing bombs all night. Your bombs ain't hitting the same with this new weight class. You know, now we got questions. You in the corner asking what's happening to me. What What's wrong with my body? It was, it was, you you got to train harder. Now, granted, you gave yourself a C-plus for your performance, and we could have probably rated it a little bit lower than that. And, you know, let, let's be clear. 
Tank got the win. He got a 12th round knockout. Beautiful, beautiful left left hook. Yes. Nice. I mean, and that, but but we expected that in the second round. And look, and we're talking about Achilles. Guy. Exactly. He went out there, and look, I don't know the validity of if this was a legitimate torn Achilles, but ruptured. yeah, ruptured. I don't know how bad it was, but still, it's still ruptured. So you had a dude who was literally hurt in the first round. You couldn't get him out of there. A guy who we've seen get knocked out? Come on, and, man. And he could have just swarmed him with that activity. If he just hits him with a nice little shoe shine, it's not much that he can come back with. Exactly. But he didn't do that. And he even got hit with some big shots by Gamboa. I, I, didn't, I wouldn't say he got hit with any. I think he got hit like one big shot all fight where he like was caught not paying attention, maybe speaking to his corner or something. But I wouldn't say he got hit with a bunch of big shots. In my opinion, he didn't really... He really didn't take too much punishment. It was just like, okay, like, get him out of there, Tank. Like, you're supposed to bring that excitement to Atlanta. And and that's the thing. I love Is he supposed to be... I do, too. I think that's dope. Is he supposed to be the next one up? Floyd Mayweather seems to think so. But I'm going to be honest with you. He's not. He's not that dude. I don't think he has the discipline. Look 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 at Devin Haney. And Terrence Crawford tweeted it out also. Yo, he don't want no smoke with Devin Haney. He better stay away from that boy. And I thoroughly agree. He better stay away from Teofimo Lopez, who starched Richard Comey. Come on, fam. Come on. We got that that wrong. (laughs) Wrong as hell. But, But here's the thing. Those both of those guys, in my opinion, have surpassed Gervonta Davis. Yeah, I, they have. I mean, maybe Tia, not in the, the the public profile, like, but in terms of people who know boxing, fam, nah, get, get out of the way. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, Tiafimo, he's having he, he had some eh, performances, and but with after those performances, you would not have said that. But after he did that to Richard Comey, no. well, you can't really deny him after we. Look, boxing, like anything else in 2020, 2020, um, is what have you done for me lately? And lately, this is a habit of tanks to miss weight and not train hard for fights. And this is your livelihood. You make a, a, a shit ton of money. This is all you have to do. You should love it. You should have a passion for it. You it, made it just, a comparison earlier uh, when we were talking um, uh, before, before we got on the mic. And uh, and I want you to bring it up because I think this is the he is he is this dude to a T. And I think this is this, unfortunately, unless he gets his shit together, is going to be this dude's fate. Oh, Adrian Bronner 2.0. He, I mean, it, all the warning signs are there. He's and, and the way he's he's moving up in weight, like he should have stayed at 130, but he moved up. That's when Adrian Bronner started having problems. He was moving too fast in weight. He shouldn't have moved up all the weight classes. Found himself at 147. He should have still been at 135. Does now, that make you think? And I'm sorry to cut you off, but does that make you think that the common denominator here is Floyd Mayweather, and maybe young fighters need to stay away from Floyd Mayweather? 
he can absolutely only, not. He can only take you to a certain point. Nope, 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 nope. I don't want to hear it because Floyd Mayweather is and has always been one of the hardest workers in the sport, and he has. And I think that's some of the issues in, in that terms he's of in terms of management, not in terms of mentorship, in terms of like actually guiding your career. So I don't think I think he was more of a mentor to Broner with Tank. It's official. Floyd was the manager. But I think with Broner, he was just a a bit more of a mentor. Either way, I mean, Floyd wanted that was one of their big disputes. Floyd wanted Tank to live and I guess train in Vegas. Tank wanted to train in Baltimore. Looks like Tank won that won that argument. But Floyd probably had a point. He wanted to keep an eye on him. Tank got to work hard. I'm tired. I'm tired. How I, many times? I, 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 I'm, I'm almost done, man. He he, he misses weight oh, too much for me. Uh, you know how I feel about people missing weight. Hey, you, look, I, I, I'm an... I'm an abused. I'm an abused woman. You could probably get, get me to come back every time. Just just give me a little something. Give, give me a little something to come back for. I'll, I'll, I'll come back and take that beating again. But you just gotta give me something. Something to come back for. Oh man. Yeah, you were. Oh man. <laughs> Yo, you're right. You're right. Uh, but nah, man. He he's not showing me enough, man. I'm not about it. So whatever for him. On that card though, there was a great fight. And I just want to touch on this, man. Why they keep doing my dude Badu Jack dirty, man? Uh, it, it hurts. Because he is one of the true, true good guys in boxing. And really solid, quick, for solid people dude. who don't know, Badu Jack, short end of the stick. Badu Jack lost a split decision to Pascal um, for, the, for the title. Um, I also had Badu Jack winning. Badu Jack was swarming in the end of the fight. Knocked Pascal. Looked like he was about to get him out of there in the 12th round. Um, definitely a, a 10-8 round. Man, I, I wish he started faster, but I still had him winning pretty well. I don't even think he needed the knockdown. Uh, That's how I felt about it. I, I didn't think that Jack needed the knockdown. I thought he won without the knockdown. I thought that was very clear. The knockdown should have sealed that win. And I was just shocked. Just again, Badu, he always comes up short. Always, and I can under, understand some of the draws, like, you know, the, the fight against James DeGale that came down to a draw. Probably uh, probably a legitimate draw there. Um, but then, and, and he, with uh, Marcus Brown, he got the cut. Um, that Ooh, probably, one of the probably, most gnarly cuts of the year. Yeah, that probably, that probably put him off, put him off there. But I mean, he's constantly on the wrong end of some really awkward decisions. And I hope it does doesn't discourage him because you know we definitely want to see you back champ i don't think pascal is going to give you that rematch because you i think he jack gives him work again pascal's just you know throwing them looping punches that are landing a lot of on the gloves i mean i can't believe the judges scored that i i don't understand it man I, they I, land I, but i, I mean they're not doing much uh, look I yeah you know how I score I've talked about it all the time I, I score fights round by round and I score them pretty much as at the end of this round who would I rather be so I, I think that's the best way to score fights <laughs> I think it's the most honest way to score fights like let's not sit here and talk about like add up little pity patter points but you know you if you're watching a fight you can see how the flow of a fight is going and that's how I feel like it should be judged. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, Jack, Jack, he really, really, really messed up 
you know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but that fourth round knockdown hurt him because he was going to win that round. Mm-hmm. He was winning that round. He just literally just got clipped at yeah. the end of the round, lost his balance because he just he got hit in the temple. Because had yeah. he would have fell back a little bit further, he would have hit the ropes and he probably would have been good. Yeah. But he tried he tried to catch his balance and all type of stuff was going wrong. Man, hey, look, it happens, man. Unfortunately, it happens. But man, shout out to you know, shout out to Pascal. Everybody um, after his fight with Bivol, everybody thought he was out of there, but. Uh, uh, comes to find out, man, you know, or uh, dude, dude is solid. I don't know, but he's he's fighting how he's always fought with a yeah. little bit less activity. So he's always been this wild fighter that throws these looping punches. But Got he bombs. used to be a bit more con- a bit more consistent with his uh, activity throughout rounds. Now he just he literally just fights and bursts. Yeah. Oh, and dude. Then super large sense of inactivity, and then another burst. I, I I didn't think he won. I I'm, I hate that style, but he, yo, he he stays in shape. Oh yeah, I mean better than Tank. Facts, <laughs> facts, facts. All right. Also, um, this was a great fight uh, that actually happened, and it, it finished the way we kind of said it was going to. Jamel Charlo, Tony Harris. Ah, late, late, late entry for Bruh. fight of the year. Yes, it was. Oh, that that was a great fight, and I did not expect it. They get they gave us everything I did not expect. Hey, man, they they went out there to fight. They fought like two guys who didn't like each other. Well, I'll say this: Tony Harrison went out there to fight because that's not his fight. That was Jamel Charles Jamel yes. Charles' fight, regardless. That yeah. was not Tony Harrison's fight, and he admitted it on Twitter, yeah, uh, and, and even in interviews that he fought with his balls um, and not go, his mind. He got goaded into it. But in fighting like that, he raised his profile he way did. more than he would have probably probably winning a boring decision. Oh, man. Because here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. Before that fight, I, I, I didn't think he had any dog in him. I was like, this dude is corny. I don't care, you know, about him. This fight made me feel like, yo, this dude can bite down on his mouthpiece, throw some bombs, and, uh, and, really, and be a fighter. I, I, like, I like him, man. I like what I saw. It was a great fight, but ooh, the yo, when those Charlo boys put those paws on you, bruh. But and honestly, that left hook was landing all night. Yeah, it landed landed all night. It put him down in the second. Yeah, put him away in the eleventh. But even throughout the middle rounds, that like left hook was landing all night. And what I noticed was that. Harrison was fight. It seemed like he was fighting the second half of the round. Yeah. So a, a lot of those rounds, especially through the middle of the fight, what you would see is Jamel Charlo come out. He land land some good shots, some of which landed on the on the gloves, some mm-hmm. of which landed, and then Tony Harrison would just come in and he would take over the second half of the round. And I think it was the judges part of the game plan. He was definitely part of the game plan. I think he was. I don't know because he at that point he was way way far away from his game plan. I would imagine. No, I feel like if anybody does that and they're doing that consistently, especially if it's not something that we see consistent with their game, that has to be something that's in the forefront of their mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I would totally agree. Did you see Tony Harrison's entrance? Honorable mention. It was it was a real cool entrance. I actually didn't know. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't anything like you know he didn't ride in riding on a he didn't put a carpet. Now nah, he didn't pull it out of, out of science, but just the vibe. He came in with he came with it with a lot of confidence and just stood at the ring and stared up at Charlo for a little bit, That's like just chilling up. there, with, chilling there with his belt. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it was real gangster. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, and then, you know, Tony Harrison, he's liked a few of my tweets. Shout out to him. That's what's up, man. Hey, so what you so what do you think about uh, 
about the char? How do you feel about what do you feel about Jamel after that fight? Um, I mean, I, I think the path to Julian Williams is clear. However, I, I don't like situations like this where the A side gets an automatic rematch. And then when they win the rematch, now we're not talking about a trilogy. We're just talking about you moving on. But Tony Harrison won what I, th- I thought it was a robbery. Uh, Jamel Charlo got robbed. But Tony Harrison got the win. So Tony Harrison fought a great fight, was pro- was was winning on a lot of our scorecards. Yeah, a lot of people had him ju- winning. Yeah. On the judges' scorecards, Jamel Charlo was up. But he deserves another fight. But everyone wants to talk about J-Rock, which is obviously a great fight. No well, one's going to complain about that. People want the division to move forward, though. And, and, that, and that's kind of one of those things that happen. And, and here's the thing. That's a fight that could actually end up happening later on in the year or even early next year. If he goes out there and gets another, like, a good win. If he goes out there and gets a good or gets two good wins, he's right back into that picture. And and for boxing, a lot of times it's good, and it's something that has been accepted in the game, is that even fighters after a, a, a loss they'll, or a win, they'll take some bum, and then they'll fight somebody good again. Let them go out there, fight somebody else. Let the, the, you know, the two you know bigger names, let them fight. Have him fight somebody else, get an impressive knockout, win impressively, and then he gets another crack. And then you'll get your trilogy. Hey, man, there's, a, there's another guy he could, he could go get some smoke from. Who's that? Jared Hurd. I thought he was moving Jared up. He's staying Hurd. Oh, I mean, yeah. After you get knocked out by a dude to that weight class, you don't. You got to be like, yeah, hold on. Maybe no, those no, bigger he, boys might crack even more. He didn't get knocked out. He got his ass beat, but yeah, no, he yeah, didn't he, get knocked he, out. He definitely got beat up. Julian Williams was not fucking around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I am so happy, Julian, because man, you were saying some slanderous things this year about Julian Williams. Yeah, and Julian, Julian Williams be firing me up on Twitter too. I got I got a friend from Philly, and he really just be troll. He really just be trolling me because he know Julian Williams will, will respond. Yeah. So he, he'll say some Philly shit just knowing he can get a reaction. And, and Julian Williams definitely re- be responding to me, but he always responds against me. Funny. Uh, but yeah, he, he a cool dude too. He's real good for boxing. Like I, I've That's been great. watching some of the shoulder sh- shoulder programming for his upcoming fight, and a uh, real real solid dude. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Hey, man, I was always, <laughs> I, I always a fan. I, I called it from the beginning. I think uh, the record, the, my record's clear. <laughs> All right, man, so check it out. Those were some great fights. Um, the like end of the year ended, definitely ended strong. But the fight that everybody has wanted to see, and it seems like it has become one of the best Twitter beefs of the year. And you actually had some news about it. Yo, what the hell is happening with Crawford and Spence? Yeah, so in the world of social media, boxers love to jab each other. And this week, and I mean, actually, a couple weeks ago, it was, matter of fact, I'm just going to say Terrence Crawford, he wants all the smoke right now. Because a couple weeks ago, it was him and Tank going at it after Tank's and performance. Terrence Crawford is like, hey, you need to stay away from these guys. Go back down and wait. I mean, he, he had some comments. He and and uh, and in Crawford, when you look at what he was saying, he is us. We probably have the same thoughts right about now. So I hold no issue with that. However, Terrence Crawford just, you know, maybe just chilling at home one day said, hey, I, I got to fight this guy, Errol Spence. <laughs> I got to fight this guy, Errol Spence, somehow. <laughs> it, it has to happen. So, like, he he was just angry. Like, and so he can't, comes out, this is on January 
fifth. He's like, hey, what's been a hold up, homie? When I came to the division, y'all said I needed the title first. Now you change your mind, talking about wrong side of the street. So I'm just here for another excuse. What's up? And him and Errol Spence go back, go back and forth a little. Terrence Crawford, he popping a lot. You know, Errol Spence real back smooth, you know, few words in his response here and there. He really not saying much. He just, he like, all right, whatever. And then, he, you know, they go back and forth. And I think one of the things said that, that Spence said was, hey, fights don't get made on here. He said, all right, I'm going to call you. Crawford called him. They speak. <laughs> now, my issue, my issue with this is that Crawford was talking so, so strong just to talk to Errol Spence and then come back and be like, Errol Spence, a cool dude on some real shit. We just, we both agree the fight will happen. Like, it, it almost like a week ending for you to be popping all that shit for, yeah. for uh, the few hours. He, he, you know what, man? It gets to a point where, yo, keep, keep, keep the act going, if that's the case. Keep, yeah. drag us and, into it, man. Let, let us feel emotionally invested. You yeah, know, I, I agree, because outside of the sport of boxing hey he did the right thing he, he you know he owned up he said you know i was taught i was talking some trash about him we spoke spoke to each other like men he's a real cool dude and we're gonna make the fight happen well, outside of boxing that is the mature thing to do but it hey is. we're not talking about outside of boxing we are in boxing and i want to see immaturity <laughs> Dog. i want to see immaturity i want to see pettiness i want to see twitter beef and um yeah I, I was actually really happy to see crawford uh do what he did and i was like you know he's he gonna force this fight because it's yeah. only so much he's gonna do before spence has to take the fight before taking a horrible reputation hit absolutely absolutely but i mean hey i mean one thing we spoke about uh, it, we spoke about this a little bit earlier is some recent news that came out today josh taylor the unified champ in Ooh. at the 140 in the 140 pound division he signs with top rank now who's fighting with top top rank the other unified champion jose ramirez absolutely what can happen one now of our favorites. A, one of our favorites and what can happen now a unification fight because when he was a free agent he signed where the he signed with the people who had the fighter he wanted to fight exactly i i love it man and these are the type of fights that we talked about at the beginning of the show that we want to see these are where, the where, unification fights that end up being the best fights of the year well where i was going is that so nobody had this conversation with Crawford. He he resigned with Top Rank, and hey. we've spoken about that before. The, I, I think I think Terrence Crawford shit the bed when he picked whom he wanted to represent him. I don't know what it was because of the money or whatever, but everybody else was fight at his weight class was fighting somewhere else. He if he wanted those fights, he should have gone there. If he went there, he would have had those fights by now. He would have. It's there's no question. So. It sucks. Um, I think going after somebody like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm here for the shits. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that shit. Uh, I'm, it's fun to me. I laugh at it. But let's, let's, no one thinks that Errol Spence is actually ducking anyone. Talking about a dude who fell out of a flying Ferrari and just had to get uh, some stitches. All right. Like, dude is tough. He is not going to go out there and duck anybody. He's he's the guy, and I think people forget about this, who took his ass across the pond to take his belt, to take the belt from the champion over there. Yeah. Don't uh, nobody who ducks somebody do that. 
And I mean, you know, for everybody else who gets the big fight, they work their way they work their way up to it. Terrence Crawford isn't really working his way up to it. He just wants to fight nobodies because he has nobody on his side of the street, even though that's a phrase we all hate, including Crawford. But he like maybe he should try for a try harder for a Porter or a Danny Garcia fight. I understand he doesn't want to fight Porter to their friends. That's cool. But there's other fighters aside from Spence that you can target to say, hey, let me knock this guy out to force the public yes, to say that we need to that's fight the Spence. Thing. If he went out there and knocked out Danny Garcia, then we'd be like, oh, yes, give us that motherfucking fight. We'd be all about that shit. But he's not doing that. He's fighting a whole bunch of tomato cans. So it is what it is, man. But um, look, this has been a great first episode back. B, man, it's good to be back, man. It's good to have you back, my friend. Good to be back. A huge 2020 on, on deck for the Fight Podcast. And yeah, we signing off for this week. We'll be back next week. There it is, man. B, I appreciate you, brother. Oh, anytime. Talk soon. All right, yes, sir. Peace out. There it is, there it is, there it is. That was my conversation with the guru, Brandon Camille. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And that has been episode 172. First episode of 2020, man. We are back and back in action. And check it out. I just want to let you guys know, and this is how it's going to go for the rest of the year. We are going to consistently drop three episodes per week minimum. So I'll go out here for you guys Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. You guys are going to go ahead and get blessed with heat from me, the Underground King, and the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast, man. So with that being said, we want to thank our sponsors, Sage Eats. Check them out at sageeatschicago.com. Also, tell your friends, tell everybody you know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, and that is us, the Fight Podcast, hosted by the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and that's going to be everywhere podcasts are available Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you know what? YouTube and much more coming soon, man. So check us out today. All right, guys, we are coming back very soon with some more heat for you guys. I have some amazing interviews coming up this upcoming week, and then we are going to do our preview for the big return of the notorious one, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Keep your eyes and ears open. I love you guys. Welcome back. I'll see you soon. Deuces. <laughs>